Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. Driving in Denver, and especially near downtown, we are sure you have noticed the formal bike lanes with their own traffic signals at some intersections. Add to this the impulse riding options of rental bikes to Razor scooters, the rapid expansion and use of Uber and Lyft ride-sharing services, and all the tech talk about driverless cars. Taken collectively, the ways and means we travel about town in the metro area is rapidly changing. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Currently being developed is the Mobility Choice Blueprint, with its focus being a metro-wide coordinated mobility plan for 2030. Developing the plan is a partnership of metro agencies with their stated goal of providing recommendations to energize the most effective approaches to maximize mobility to enhance our quality of life across the metropolitan region. With the insight to how to put the range of options together into an implementable plan and its current status is Mr. Don Hunt, the Managing Director of the Mobility Choice Blueprint. What we want to do in the Denver region is give people as many options as they can to get around. Um, Some people live near a train station, which is good. Some people live near a bus route, which is good. A whole bunch of people don't live near either one. So uh, over the long term, we really have to find ways to get people to uh, share mobility a little bit more and uh, get a few uh, less of us who drive our cars all by ourselves. Is that still one of the focuses, getting more cars off the road because cars are causing congestion, much less the environmental impacts of them? Yeah, I don't think we can ever get cars off the road, uh, not the way Denver is growing. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, still in Denver, 75% of all people commute in a private car by themselves, which is okay if that's what the way they want to go. But what what would be better is if we had good alternatives so that I could think about a different way of going to work in the morning, uh, not just driving by myself in my own personal car. I think one of the interesting things about reading how your blueprint is uh, it's going to be structured, it's going to be structured around the way people move themselves around, not telling them what to do, but trying to make it fit the things that they are already doing or the ways or the choices that they want to have. Well, you hit a... a basic principle of the mobility blueprint of mobility choice, and that's that uh, we want people to move around the way they feel comfortable. So um, as I said, a lot of people feel comfortable uh, driving in that car alone. But uh, when we start to think about all the new ways to travel, yeah, uh, certainly uh, what's called ride, ride sharing, ride hailing, uh, Uber and Lyft, yeah, that's starting to capture a, a larger portion of trips. Uh, we also see pe- more people riding bicycles to work. It's a measurable percent now of people that uh, see a way to, um, you know, ha- have an environmental lifestyle, mm-hmm. get some exercise on the way. Uh, not that that's ever going to uh, compete probably with the single <laughs> occupant car, but hey, if we can get 5% of the Folks on bicycles instead of uh, private vehicles, that's that's a good thing. Our roads will um, not be as congested, and we won't have to build new capacity uh, as much in the future. Oh, yeah, I, I, was, I saw on Broadway 
I don't know where it was. I think Alameda or someplace. I was on a bus and I said, what's that stoplight being there? And it's a bicycle light. Bicycle light, light. yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> when I was a kid riding a bicycle, I never thought I'd see a, see a traffic control for bicycles. Well, I, you know, I'm uh, retired now or at least semi-retired, my wife would say. And uh, yeah. I'm probably not going to be riding a bicycle to work and, and it probably wasn't. Uh, when I was growing up, it just isn't something we were introduced to. Uh, being a baby boomer, we had to get our car, and, and you know that was the uh, freedom that, yes. it, that it brought. It <laughs> yes, was a special sir. feeling. Well, I'm not sure that um, millennials and younger folks have that sa- same feeling about cars. Mm-hmm. They're getting their driver, driver's license a little later in life. Uh, they're not owning a vehicle. They're more willing to use uh, something called car share where, um, you know, they pick up a car that's uh, parked on the curb, one of these smaller ones. Yeah, sure. And it, they're able to open it up with their uh, app and uh, use it for an hour and park it somewhere else and let someone else uh, use that same little vehicle. Probably not something I would have done when I was 25 or 30. Yeah. Uh, but uh, younger folks just uh, think more broadly about how they get around. Well, the other thing about it is that having people decide which way they want to be Mobile will allow allow it to fit the different ways for younger people versus us more mature boomers because we 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 get around two different ways as you were saying, and so your study is taking all that into consideration. It is, and and uh, we don't want to leave the the boomers behind. We want to make sure that we uh, come up with ideas that even boomers can have an alternative <laughs> uh, and get more comfortable using um, mobility sharing. Uh, that might be, uh, like I was saying, Uber and Lyft. Uh, maybe it's uh, there's there's a way in places where there aren't uh, good RTD bus routes that we can come up with, you know, a different size shuttle bus that uh, provides some of that more flexible mobility. That's being tested right now in uh, Lone Tree in some of the employment areas. Yeah, I, I, I saw you even included walking in there. And walking. I, I didn't, you know, when I think of mobility, I didn't think of walking. But you've got walking in the study, too, to make sure that there are more walk paths and they're wide enough. And they need to be safe. Um, I hate to say it, but uh, pedestrian fatalities are rising. You know, it's a larger and larger share of the total number of people that die every year on our streets. Yeah. We think about car versus car accidents. Well, more and more, it's car versus bicycle and car versus pedestrian. So yeah. we want to make those options safe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have a survey that's on your website. And I took the survey, and it really does go into how you use uh, transit, how you how you use mobility personally. But the first one was having the options, you know, and, and then cost because cost is always there. In Denver, the cost, I mean, RTD just had a big study about cost. So people will choose their options by cost. Absolutely. So steps here that we're starting to take and some of our recommendations with the RTD uh, say, wouldn't it be great if uh, you had an app on your phone and I want to get from here to there, I want to get from home to work. Yeah. Show me the different ways that I can get there and what time would I arrive? How much would it cost if I take these different, if I take the bus and I take an Uber for the last mile to my office because it's not on a bus route, uh, how much walking would be involved. So pricing and the best way to do it is available. In an well, what if, inclusive app. In an inclusive app. Yeah. You're out there right now. You can do this really? right now. Absolutely. It'll, uh, tell go, me, it'll, it'll tell me to get on the bus 
or grab an Uber and then walk a yes, block or two. Yes, uh, Go Denver is one of the apps. Okay, and uh, City Mapper is another one mm-hmm. that uh, they're free to install on your phone and it'll tell you how you know, the different ways that you have available. Again, mobility choice mm-hmm. that you can get from here to there. Now think about it. What if you could also pay from your phone from your from your smartphone? So I wouldn't have to worry about bus fare. I wouldn't have to worry about um, if I'm going to use a bicycle, a bike share for part of it. What if it just all kind of charged the same account? Uh, RTD is starting to work on that. Yeah. They've said, hey, we need to understand that we're more than a public transit provider. There are all sorts of new ways to get around. And so we think it's our role not just to run buses and trains, but also to look at some of these new technologies and new ways to move and start to bundle them together so mm-hmm. that people are more aware of how available they are. And you're going to have to do that because, for example, if I, where I live in town, if I want to go to a, a Rockies baseball game, I can take RTD down there, but I can't take them back because they start shutting the system right. down. And at 10 o'clock, I'm stuck, you know. And, and, and so having a mobility study that also changes – by day or by weekend when people want to go downtown and have a great, great time or go out in Lakewood, that they're able to get there to do that and do it well without being stuck in traffic or whatever it's going to be. And that's what makes it such an interesting work that you're doing is to make all these options <laughs> coordinate. Well, and, and and you mentioned price. How much does it cost? Well, most people don't realize how much it costs to own a, uh, an automobile. You know, it sits around 95% of the time. Yeah. And you just keep making that car payment on it. Uh, so what if – and that's really the principle of, of Uber and Lyft, right, or car sharing, um, is that uh, I don't have to own that vehicle. I can use it when I want to use it, and therefore I can overall reduce my costs. And I know people that are saying, uh, why don't I reduce from two cars to one car and we'll just use alternative transportation sure. for the other uh, other trips we need to make? It works out pretty well, and you can save money doing that. But think, Adam, think about when there might actually be self-driving cars. No. (laughs) (laughs) And how much we could save if such a thing exists. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. We're going to talk about that. All right. right. But one of the things you were saying struck a real chord. How do you manage in the study the competing interests that RTD needs to get so much revenue, Uber needs to get so much revenue, taxes, taxis need to get so much revenue there? How do you handle the competing interests there that say, well, I'm for that, but only to this point or that point? Yeah, I think the most interesting answer to that question is that um, private vehicles, private cars, it's like a $17 trillion business worldwide. Yeah. Well, um, I don't need to steal from – to get a trip from Uber or a trip from the RTD. I want to go get a trip from one of those $17 trillion worth of private automobiles. Sure. So there's enough share for everyone. And I think part part of the uh, trick here, part of the challenge is to try to figure out how to get government like the RTD and private companies like uh, Uber, Lyft. Chariot is a new one that's starting to run shuttle buses in the DU area, New Jersey, Denver area. How can we combine our services to serve a greater number of people, get them out of the private car, and uh, give them a more cost-effective way of getting around? So I don't think you have to face off Mm -hmm. between transit and buses and uh, private companies. 
Yeah. Just until it's halftime yeah. of the game and you got to run and, and get a pizza and, real quick. And, and, oh, that, you know, cars are convenient, right? You just yes, pay a big price. the convenience aspect. You pay a big price to have that car there all the time to use it whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. And we're probably always going to need private cars and maybe some families who live in certain areas continue to need two private cars. It's just the way it will work out most cost effectively for them. But for a lot of folks, I think uh, these new technologies – We'll give them more options. And you have to factor in those more options, the needs of the uh, of the handicap challenge community to get them around as well. Boy, that's a big part of this as, as well. You know, one of the um, problems of or challenges, again, of if as we get into automated vehicles or self-driving vehicles or some of these alternatives like smaller buses. Sure. Uh, we always have to be able to serve the um, mobility or physically handicapped uh, population, but most studies are showing that this is going to be the greatest boon to people who are handicapped, who are elderly, who have any kind of mobility problem, uh, sight impaired. You're going to be able to travel in all new ways and really enrich your life through these uh, new mob- mobility technologies. Sure. So it's a great thing, but also there are going to be a lot more people moving about, and it's going to put more load, more traffic on the street, and we need to figure out how to manage that. Yeah, more traffic on the street. You say streets. You also have a part of the study, uh, roadway reliability. To make sure you say reliability, it means there's no potholes, but you're going beyond that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that to make sure the signalization is there, the roads are the right uh, what width done, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what more about roadway re- roadway reliability is the study going to look at? Maybe we're, uh, we've kind of changed our measures here. We found out that we'll never eliminate congestion, yeah. uh, especially during the peak morning and peak afternoon hours. So um, just measures of congestion, it's hard to change them. It's hard mm-hmm. to make an improvement, but you can make an improvement in reliability. And what is reliability? Well, maybe on the average it takes me 30 minutes to get to work. But some days it takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get to work. Yeah. Uh, so if I want to be on time for work every day or most every day, I have to leave an hour and 15 minutes early to get there and be on time. Sure. That has to do with reliability. So how can we take those worst events that really cause us to be very late or having to plan way ahead in order to be on time and reduce that that time and make it more reliable and more consistent. Technology can help us do that. On this edition, the subject is the Denver Mobility Choice Blueprint with our guest Don Hunt, the managing director charged with putting the plan together. We'll gain additional insight from him so you will be moving about town better in the future on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.